Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Deb with Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, I get to welcome back to the airwaves one of my favorite, favorite guests, Terry Ivins. People know Terry from her longtime portrayal of Simone Torres from the daytime drama All My Children, her late night talk show on UBN Radio, Going to Bed with Terry Ivins, and her film Piranaconda on the Sci Fi Channel. Inspired to write a coming-of-age tale that would teach her daughter the right path to take in life, author and television personality, Miss Terry Ivins, published her new book, The Buzz, Pointing Fingers, published by Archway Publishing. We will get to talk to Terry about her new teen book series, The Buzz, Pointing Fingers. Let's welcome to the airways this dynamic lady, Miss Terry Ivins. Hi, Terry. Hi. Oh, I love. I just love the way you introduced me. I do. I loved it the last we spoke when I, when I was filming Tainted Dreams in New York, and you're like, and live from New York City. I was like, that's the best. <laughs> You felt like you were on Saturday Night Live. It was your own Saturday Night Live introduction. Oh, it's the little things in life that really last. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you are one of my favorite, favorite guests, um, and I love having you on. So um, let's get get started with this because so – it's so exciting. I am so excited. You are adding author to your already really impressive resume. Uh, what inspired you to write this series? Man, you know, I think we may have even spoke about it. I I know you personally have been an accountability partner to me, and I think that's the number one thing that we all have to just reach for. It's hard to succeed and finish anything unless we have accountability partners in our life and it can be one person that we just speak our dream to and then you know we're held accountable because we spoke it out loud to somebody and uh this this actually place i i started it when i was dating jason london eons ago we were doing uh, an nbc movie of the week called the uh, barefoot executive where i played an animal trainer uh to this chimpanzee and the chimpanzee was like the executive it was a remake of an annette funicello and kurt russell film and so i played the annette funicello role and jason london played the kurt russell role and uh, it's, it's it was funny because the chimpanzee could pick out the number one show of the network. That's the whole, you know, basis of this movie. Well, so I met Jay, and, you know, it was love at first sight, and we were together for a, a couple of years. And during that time period, I would tell him stories, as you would when you are in a budding new relationship. And at the time, you know, it was so much about high school dramas because they really correlated to what I was walking through in my young adult life. And he sat down at the computer and 
did this funny little scrolling picture because he's really multifaceted in his talents, and he drew this bumblebee with high heels and a purse. And the the original title of my my book was called Queen Bee, and then he wrote the title and put written by Terry Ivins. So he did that title page for me, and then he got up from the desk and said. Now tell those stories that you tell me that are so good. And I, when I think back, like if he didn't do that for me, I don't know if I ever would have started. You know, we, we need to have that help sometimes to push right. us forward. And, you know, that was some time ago, you know, when I started. And it took me probably a good year two years to get the whole story completed, which I I sent to the copyright office because back then there was no electronic submission. You had to actually print it out and send in a hard copy to the Library of Congress, and then you'd wait your six weeks after they cashed your check, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> and they- and they send you this beautiful piece of paper saying that you, you know, you you are copywritten and you're safe and and protected. And then, you know, life took over and then all of a sudden I moved to New York and I'm on all my children and you know, to sit and write or do anything with it, really I, I probably looking back was the time I should have really done something with it. But I, it, it was totally out of sight, out of mind. You know, memorizing twenty plus pages a day. You, you know, you're just. I was not focused on my book. And I got married. I had Kiana, and no joke. I was watching a, a, a TV show, and there was a there's a book series called The Click. And I, I don't know who the author is, but the journalist was interviewing her and saying, you know, I'm a grown man. Why should I read this book, like, what message do you have for all these young kids right. that are, you know, reading this thing? And and bless her, because she, in, she wasn't anticipating this question, her eyes hit the ceiling, and she kind of giggled and went, huh, that's a really good question. And it just, it just <laughs> rattled me that, you know, here my my little toddler one day might be wanting to read this book about materialism and high fashion, and there's no moral message to it. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, resoundingly reminded of Queen Bee. So uh, I, I went and I had to literally dig it out of storage, and uh, it was on floppy disk. And it, it, oh <laughs> right, then I had to transfer floppy into a CD and from PC to Mac. I mean, it was just to get wow. the book to where I could even read it again was uh, a huge feat back then. And okay. here we are, uh, and the last, I guess it would be probably this time last year, I just, it was burning in my belly so huge that I must finish the first book because I decided to cut it up into a series that by my own maturity and being a mother, I didn't want a 10-year-old, an 11-year-old, 12-year-old to read what my 17-year-old lead character was doing at the end of the book. I wanted the parent to choose the maturity level of their child 
and and then the child has the opportunity to grow with my my novel series instead of it being just one gigantic novel, and uh, that's why I cut it up, and uh, I, I all over last Christmas holiday break all I did was write. And it took me a little longer than anticipated. And then I started, I got signed to Archway in May. And uh, that was a lot longer, tedious process than I ever had imagined. You know, you think once you put the end on something that it's the end, but it was far from. Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> we, we had interior designers. We had cover designers, and I had you know professional editors go through. Uh, it's it's really come to to fruition to be a product that I'm not only proud of of myself for showing up every day, but I it has purpose. So it's yeah. so much greater than a vanity piece that so many celebrity types write and slap their picture on the cover, right? And, and it's all about me. This And there's nothing wrong with those. I'll probably write one of those, too. They're easier to sell, you know? <laughs> but the, but this, this is driven to be a teaching aid to your mm-hmm. adolescence that right. you can learn through stories of what not to do. So, therefore, maybe as you're a preteen and teenager, you'll make your, you just won't make these same mistakes that I made when I was a teenager. Because so much of it is based on my own personal experiences with the wealth of wisdom of my years now. If I only knew now what I was living back then, you yeah. know, my life probably would be a lot different, you know, just in happiness. Because it's really Easier. a mindset, just a mindset. Yeah. You know, we we no matter what we're facing, what challenge, what question we have to answer, it truly comes down to two things: it's either love based or fear based. Our choice, our our why we're standing in the crossroads. The answer that we're seeking, we either you know, answer in fear or run or hide in fear or we take a bold step in mm-hmm. love for ourselves or for someone else and move forward. And that's a basis of the reason why I, I wrote this, uh, to help kids grasp that it's really that simple no matter what they're facing you know and and i attack through the series i attack it all from bullying to you know the first time that you you know you can't even say make love when my lead character loses her virginity uh to you know her trying drugs and getting drunk and you know her relationship with her mother that's so volatile and it's it's just a beautiful blossoming just a story of survival and triumph. Oh, fantastic. Wow. You know, you... and I really wrote it for my kids like you like you first said because God forbid anything happened to me, I wanted her to have a how-to book to get through the most difficult mm-hmm. time in all of our lives. Yes. When we have the biggest questions and have really no answers, we go to our peers who are the mm-hmm. same age as we are. Like they're going to yeah. have a better solution, right? You know? 
Yeah, that's what doesn't make sense. We even do it now, and it's like they're on the same level, and really? You really want answers from this person? That's funny. Um, you know, you are truly amazing, Carrie. Um, you have always been inspirational, and I can only see this as being uh, the start of something else in your in your life that will be inspirational as well, and you'll inspire many young women as well. Okay, let's get back to the book. Oh, yeah. you you do in general just from your presence, Miss Terry. Um, you just you carry yourself so eloquently and elegant, and you just are a very classy, classy lady. And anybody who emulates you would be lucky. That's so kind. The oh. only word that was missing in that was your classy, classy, classy broad. <laughs> No, you know, classy brought that that kind of. I think that kind of like uh, cancels each other out in a way. <laughs> like classy odd. Mm, okay, let's let's dumb that down a little bit. Okay, the cover of the book with the locker, I thought was absolutely ingenious. Oh. And how did you come up with that idea for the cover? Like making it. Look, I thought it was a locker that you were standing near. Oh, right. You see the picture where I've, I've we actually have are ready for uh, book signings. Yes. So we've got the big standing banners that are the book cover, so it looks so amazing. You know, I, I came up with three cover ideas, and they were completely different. And uh, through my study of, you know, what books are already out there for teens, what would uh, get their attention. Uh, and and to be really honest, I give all credit to my now 10-year-old Kiana. She, uh, she was on her way to school, and I called her, and she came into the office, and I, I was like, I need your help. Uh, which of these three pictures do you want to touch? And she goes, oh, for your book? And I go, yeah. She's like, the cover, that one. And she went straight to the locker. She had never seen any of the ideas that I had. And I was like, okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. You know, she she goes off to fourth grade, and I didn't second-guess it. And uh, I, I put it to my cover designer, and my cover designer, just like you, was like, this is ingenious. You know, uh, you know, I was thinking, then she came up with, like, four different type of ways to do the title and whatnot and Kiana came home from school not a joke that same day and she's like mom it needs to be graffiti and I'm like what she's like the buzz it needs to be graffiti on the locker I'm like oh my gosh yeah you're right and so it's it's all her I, I figure it's it's got to be a winner for you know the tween age group when it's a you know a tween that is saying this is what we want to touch I, you know in that age grade they 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 can't wait to get a locker but then in from my perspective there are so many subliminals you know that the secrets that we keep locked up mm-hmm. you know. And when we were young, like, how many of us had the messiest disaster locker? 
right? <laughs> that we just shove things in and close it and be like, okay. And when we opened it, we're hoping things didn't fall out on it. I mean, that is, right? That's like, a, you know, a, a, a metaphor for life, you know? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it oh makes it goodness. be a, a wonderful uh uh, it's just a wonderful way to grow with the novel series, too, because there's so much that we can do with the locker through the next four books. There'll be a total of five. Oh, and, uh, my gosh. So it's, and like I said, like the Bible has been written, and the whole thing is done. I'm just now writing inside it to broaden the horizons and deepen the characters. But the story, the situations, the settings, the disasters, all of that's already... Oh done so now it's you know it's just me having the time to show up like i'm anticipating this holiday season i will be again just writing. being alone and writing <laughs> finishing book two and kiana will be off skiing with her dad in utah and loving life and i'll be locked away in the house <laughs> you know what though once once you finish the series you'll be on something else and you'll eventually get to you know, Utah and ski if that's what you want to do. You're just you're so you're so accomplished. It's it's frightening and you're good at everything you do. Um what does the pointing fingers mean in the title? I mean I can I can kind of you know come up with my own ideas, but the buzz. The buzz meaning what? The buzz pointing fingers. What does that all mean? Well, I didn't want my book to be just for girls. So the original title, Queen Bee, kind of pigeonholed me to just be a a romance novel for girls. Because Uh. Tiana's read the book, and she says, it's not a documentary, which I'm like, okay, you mean biography. But, you know, (laughs) she's like, it's not a documentary. It's a romance novel. And I love the fact that all of my life lessons are hidden so well that she thinks it's a romance novel. So I'm like, yes, I'm on the right track. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. So as I grew with my story as well, you know, uh, what do bees do? They buzz. What is gossip? It's buzz. It's oh. it's sound. It it can be so loud and so overwhelming that it can make you just want to hide in the corner and not go to school the next day, right? Sure. The buzz can actually be positive to where you're flying high because Mm -hmm. everyone is saying great things about you, right? There's a buzz in the air of excitement. So it was, and then at the same time, it made it, you know, uh, either gender because, and and especially with the picture of the cover, then it doesn't, it's not about a girl book, you know, or a boy book. It's just a coming of age book. Right. Pointing fingers is about an uh, uh, actual story in the book. Uh, I can oh. say without giving anything away, you know, I was bullied uh, quite harshly uh, throughout my teen years. Uh, and one of these ways is that I, I received this uh, piece of paper because, you know, Back then, in 81, when I was a freshman in high school, oh, yeah. there was no, you know, computers, no cell phones, no. no texting. So everything was written words. So I found a, 
a piece of paper in my locker, like the cover, and I thought it was a love note, and I opened it up, and there was drawn fingers inside, and each finger had a name written inside, and all the fingers were pointing to a circle on the page that was a button, and it had my name in it. (laughs) And they had this group, this popular group, had this game that they called the shit button. And if you got put on the shit button, it means that you really probably pissed off the wrong people, right? For whatever reason, right, wrong, or different, whatever you did, you're on that list. And it didn't last a day. It didn't last a couple of weeks. It lasted the remainder of my year. And their game was that they acted as if you didn't exist. So they would talk about you right in front of your face. And when you're so young, like as an adult, you you know, now I have the skills probably because I walked through it. I know how I would handle it now, right? Right, right. But then it was so earth-shattering that I thought my life was over, you know. Mm. And uh, that's how Pointing Fingers, uh, uh, the subtitle, comes oh, about. Yeah. And it it opens up even further into book two. Book, book one, I broke down. Uh, into not even a half of the first year of freshman year. I wanted to keep the pages, uh, uh, the entirety of the book, at 110 pages so that a 10, 11, 12-year-old wouldn't be overwhelmed with the size of it. That they would just completely jump in and devour it quickly. And uh, but now every book will just grow in size and in depth of uh, you know of story arcs and whatnot. But so the the finale of the pointing of the fingers, which really I believe never leaves any of us. I, I know even in my adult life, in my chosen profession, yeah. I feel the pointing of fingers. Everywhere, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily negative. It could, I could no. be in the grocery store, and I could hear someone whisper and point, like, "Oh my gosh, that girl looks like Simone!" Right? Right. But right. What, what do I do with that? You know, there's a lot of friends that I have that are quite famous that hide from it. Yeah. You right. know, and they become reclusive because they can't. They don't really want to deal or handle having to talk to people, strangers. Because if you think about it. How many of us really are prepared to deal with strangers on an ongoing basis? Right. You know, being, so, you know, the for me, pointing fingers is a, an ongoing uh, challenge for me to receive it as a positive and use it as a point of influence rather than letting it uh, invoke fear in me that, oh, they must be saying something negative or, you know, and that's the course that my lead character goes on. There's two characters in the book that I just absolutely adore throughout the series, and they're bigger as we grow in the series, but they're introduced in this first book, and they were the probably the, the most challenging characters to write because they're one is called The Ugly Voice, and the other one is the still small voice. And to write it on paper took great care because I didn't want my lead character to look like she was, you know, schizophrenic or, you know, <laughs> she's got, she's hearing voices and, you know, but really it's our conscience. It's, we've got the good and the bad, right? The love, the fear. 
and we all hear it. I hear it even today, you know, like when I'm being pulled over by the police officer to, you know, to get the ticket, like, oh, my gosh, you were speeding. You're totally going to get nailed. It's all your fault. And then the voice of love, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Just ask for mercy. You know, I mean, we have a choice. Which one are we going to go with? And that is the beginning of this river that my lead character ebbs and flows through with these two priceless characters. You know, the ugly voice is is so great because he, he just mutters madness. You know, he's constantly in her ear going, they're laughing at you, you know. And they may not even be, but that's right. what she's feeling. You know, right. and she's being held captive by her own suspicions, her own uh, initiated feelings, right? Yeah. And, and, and they're unfounded. And that's what right. fear is, right? It's all sure. these thoughts that are unfounded and may never actually happen give it so much power. Well, well, speaking speaking of this, would you like to see the book become a film or a TV series? Could you see that? Uh, that is the original idea, to be honest. Uh, I'm so glad that you said that. Uh, I would love my, my big umbrella has always been that we would shoot a teen movie, the end of the book, be the teen movie, and then we'd go back and do the TV series from the freshman year. As a producer, Uh, that way I don't have to hire my star young film actors to be in my TV series. (laughs) Right. I can get no-name actors, young actors that I could draw great performances out of that can grow up in the book, you know, throughout the series. And, uh, but gain a lot of interest by getting whoever the powerhouse young actor to play senior year is, you know, so my producer hat goes on and then I see how I'd love to structure it. But, and it's always been that. And, and I think, it's not even I think I, I've written the book in such a way that it's episodical. Uh, it's very easy to just go, oh my gosh, it's truly a series Bible. Like you can go, oh, here, all right, here's season one, here's season two, episode three through eight is right here. You know, maybe we need to mm-hmm. embellish something in between, but it's all written. It's there. So it's, right. that's that's the most exciting part, uh, you know, uh, the finish line to see to see if that materializes. Wouldn't that be something that you that and I are, are talking about it going, remember, we asked, I asked you if you thought it would be a series. You know, I I, uh, I would I would just be absolutely thrilled. You know, and of course, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play the lead no matter how young I think I may look. I think I'm too old to play 14. So I <laughs> I will take myself out of that. <laughs> Well, where where can they find um, the the book? Where can they find it? Everywhere. The the, uh, the Buzz Pointing Fingers is sold Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, ArchwayPublishing.com. It's an ebook, hardcover and softcover. And what I'm doing special is I I, I had an offset printed for my own purposes. 
so that through my website, terryivans.com, if you would indeed love to give a gift of an autograph copy, you can buy it through my site. And it actually works out to be cheaper than even buying it from Amazon. Um, You know, because for me, it's about the message. Right. And, you know, I think it makes it a little more special as a stocking stuffer if it's got a personal autograph inside, you know, to Jill, you can do it. I believe in you, Terry Ivins. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I, when you when you personalize something, I think kids want to turn the page. And I I love I love the whole idea of ebooks because we save a tree. But even greater in the creative form in our imagination, there is something about turning those pages yeah. that our imagination just grows. And my own daughter prefers reading a soft cover, you know, right. for soft cover over hard cover because she thinks the hard cover is too heavy. But you know, but she loves to turn the page. She's got her Kindle, and she rarely ever will finish a book on it. She always wants to go to the store or order the book so she can have it in her hand. So I, I love that. Maybe it's retro for their age to have a hard sure. copy book, but I'm like, good God, you know, that's where your imagination, I, I think, really springs. You Absolutely. know, even with scripts, you know, now they send us everything electronically, but the first thing I do is print it because I, I want to have the paper yeah. in my hand. It's as in I'm, your hands. Right, deciphering my character and, you know, making notes on the page. And and I think that's what kids are going to end up doing, at least I hope, that they write dates. Absolutely. And, and name Absolutely. The, the buzz. Let's just let's just recap this. The buzz pointing fingers. I I encourage everyone to get a copy uh, because uh, Terry has done her homework on this and and she is giving uh, your teens and your preteens a good look into what they're going to be facing and everything about that. We want to thank Terry for a wonderful wonderful chat. Thank you so much for coming on, Terry, and spending this You're time so with welcome. us. Thank you. Absolutely. And have a have a great night, Terry. Thank you, Deb. I'll talk to you mm. soon. All right, hon. This will conclude our, our interview with Terry Ivins. And uh, be sure to pick up her book at Amazon.com, TerryIvins.com, ArchwayPublishing.com. She said BarnesandNoble.com. So be sure to pick up a copy um, for all of your uh, teen readers. Have a great night.